Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be talking about some sell high players going into week four of the NFL season. So these are players who I think have kind of peaked at their current value and it would be advantageous to move these players off of your team. While you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. It could be about fantasy football trades, waiver wire pickups, start sits, anything fantasy football related. If you comment it down below, I will respond to you. The list of sell high players I made ended up being a very running back heavy. In fact, all five of the players I'm going to talk about are from the running back position. That wasn't intentional. That's kind of just how the week played out. You know, normally you're trying to target guys who had great week threes, but I mean, at the wide receiver position, a lot of the top performers are players that I really like moving forward. Same thing for the quarterback position, the tight end position as well. You had uh, Conklin as the number one tight end. He's barely owned in any leagues, so you're not really selling high on him. Same thing with Mike Gusecki. You know, he's owned in like 65% of leagues. I don't think anyone's going to be paying a premium to trade for him. And then after that, at the tight end position, it was just all the guys you would expect to finish up there. So really just the glaring kind of sell high opportunities did end up coming from the running back position. But let's just get right into the first sell high player, and it is going to be James Robinson. And I think this is about as clear cut as it can be. You have got to be selling high on James Robinson here. This is basically the dream scenario if you have held on to James Robinson through week three. I never had any shares of James Robinson personally, and I'm not trying to say that as like, a, oh, I knew he was a bad pick. I actually didn't really think he was a bad pick. You know, sometimes you're just not in a position to draft certain players, but I was advocating to trade him after week one. Even though he didn't have a good week, I just kind of thought if you could ride that momentum of where he was drafted, then you could get a decent return. But if you're someone who held on to him, then this is looking pretty solid for you because he went out, recorded 25.4 PPR points in week three. And kind of the big factor that really helped him put up those big numbers was that he was very involved in the receiving game with six receptions. This is just something that I don't think can continue. He's not gonna go at this pace for the rest of the season. And I just have zero faith in this offense moving forward. You know, Lawrence still looked like a turnover machine. You have a lot of competition with those three wide receivers. I think the touchdowns are just going to be very limited overall in this offense. So if you're able to move him for basically anything from like potentially like a low to mid RB2 to anything higher, then I think you should highly consider that. Or even maybe like a James Robinson plus, you know, a pretty solid wide receiver for another running back. Because if you did draft James Robinson, he's probably like your RB2, RB3. So maybe you kind of want to replace that running back position. But I would strongly suggest trading James Robinson because I do not know if his value is ever going to be this high again. Then the next player is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I think this is another pretty clear cut sell high and another dream scenario for CEH owners. I think kind of one of the hottest topics after week two was like, what do I do with CEH? you know, back-to-back weeks where he didn't play well. He had a costly, costly fumble during primetime football. So everyone's watching that game. Everyone's seeing him kind of choke that game away. And my kind of best advice was try to move him. But if you're just not getting value that you should be getting, it's fine to hold and kind of hope that he puts up a really nice week three performance. And that's exactly what he did. 17 carries, 100 yards, two receptions for nine receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. 
but this isn't something where I'm like, oh, fantastic, CEH is you know going to be doing this throughout the season. Now I feel good about drafting him. That is not what that performance was to me. To me, it was like, oh, great. He put together a decent performance. Now it's time for me to move on because he still isn't the clear cut, you know, RB1 workhorse. That's what we were drafting him as, the guy who's going to be getting a lot of the carries, a lot of the targets. Daryl Williams still had seven carries and he also out-targeted CEH, which is just not something you want to see. And you're just not going to be able to rely on this workload or efficiency moving forward. They just haven't really gone out of their way to incorporate him into this offense. And I mean, I guess why would you when you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes all balling out? But from a fantasy perspective, that just makes me want to stay far, far away from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So if you're kind of thinking about potential return for a guy like CEH, I'm thinking probably like CEH plus, you know, a solid wide receiver, you know, maybe not one of your top two or top three, maybe your wide receiver four, who, you know, is a potential flex play CEH plus one of those guys for a running back like Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, you know, you may have to give up a decent wide receiver with CEH, but if I'm thinking about most people's roster construction, if you have CEH, he's probably your running back two. Maybe your RB1, that would not be ideal. And at best, your RB3. I have him on two teams and he's my RB3 just because they're like 10 team leagues. And if I'm drafting from like number one or number two, you get him at the turn in the third round. But if he is like your RB2 or RB1, you're probably going to want, you know, one of these top tier running backs in return. And you're obviously not going to be getting an RB1, but maybe some of these high end RB2s, like I mentioned, Carson, Swift, Najee. I would just kind of look around for players like that and see what you could get. You know, I'm not trying to trade Clyde Edwards-Alaire for another kind of low-end RB2. Like, I'm not interested in the Kareem Hunts, the Chase Edmonds. I don't want those guys. I want to package CEH for someone to get a legit running back. Because looking at the landscape of the running back position, there's like a pretty clear like top 13, top 14, top 15. And then the rest of them, I just don't really love and do not feel confident throwing into my lineup. And the third player that I'm going to be selling high on falls into this kind of low-end RB2 category as well, and that is Kareem Hunt. He had a massive week three performance. He filled up the stat sheet everywhere, 81 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, six receptions, 74 receiving yards. But when we're looking back at this season for Kareem Hunt, I would not be surprised if this was his best overall performance. The thing that really separated him here in week three was those seven targets he saw. That's not something that I think is going to continue throughout the season. He only saw four in week one and week two combined. I think that's going to be more of the norm. You know, I do think they should be using him more in the receiving game because he does have that skill set but it's just not something they've really gone to consistently. And so I'm going to be targeting some similar packages that I am with CEH for Kareem Hunt. Obviously, you're probably going to need to be giving up a better second piece in those Kareem Hunt deals. You know, maybe a team has three really solid running backs. They went RB, 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 and all three of those guys hit. You could offer them Kareem Hunt plus a really nice receiving option, maybe a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. They feel confident in that deal because Kareem Hunt is not a bad RB3 and they need help at the wide receiver position. That's what I would be looking at for Kareem Hunt. Then the next guy I'm going to look at is Zach Moss. I talked about Devin Singletary as a sell high last week, and it's going to be Zach Moss this week. And I'm feeling pretty good about calling Singletary a sell high after what we saw from Zach Moss here and this backfield as a whole. So Zach Moss actually had a pretty solid week two, 15.4 PPR points. Remember, he was actually a healthy scratch in week one. 
and then in week three, 18.1 PPR points. But this production is 100% unsustainable. This is a Bills offense that is 100% pass first, and I still just don't trust anyone out of this backfield. You know, Moss put up the nice numbers, but there's no clear difference between him and Singletary's usage. Moss had 13 carries compared to Singletary's 11, and Moss had three targets compared to Singletary's two. So, you know, on a week-to-week basis, it's really just going to be who has that nice chunk play, who gets into the end zone, and that's going to decide, you know, who finishes above the other one. So I want nothing to do with Zach Moss or Devin Singletary moving forward. And another player I want nothing to do with is going to be Trey Sermon. He was a player that I was avoiding heavily going into the season. I was not going to be touching him anywhere near, you know, his draft price. But then going into week three here, I was like, wow, are these people who drafted him too high about to get super rewarded just because of all these injuries? Because he was lined up to be the RB1 this week, he was essentially the only RB option they had because you had Mostert, Hasty, and Mitchell all out. All three of those players were ahead of him on the depth chart. Obviously, they had other running backs come in, but he's the only one that had been with the team on the active roster. And I mean, it just looked like they did not trust him at all. He was given 10 carries, 31 rushing yards. He did get into the end zone, which is why he can be listed here as a sell high. Two receptions for three yards. I mean, they were using Kyle Juszczyk as much as they possibly could. He had five carries and actually out-targeted Trey Sermon. So that just tells me, you know, they cannot wait to get these running backs. And when they do, Trey Sermon is just not going to be involved at all. He tallied 11.4 PPR points, and I understand, you know, that's not a crazy sell high, and you're probably going to be losing a lot of value from where you actually drafted him, but I think you kind of just have to take the hit on this one if you do have Trey Sermon, because I just think his value is going to continue to go down. He was a healthy scratch week one for a reason. They obviously haven't loved what they've seen out of him, and I don't really think he did anything here in week three that's going to make them change their minds. So if I did have any shares of Trey Sermon, I would be trying to get him off my team as soon as possible. But those are the five players that I'm going to be selling high on. They all happen to be running backs, but that's just how it went this week. If you guys enjoyed the content, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Also, if you enjoyed this type of video, go check out my buy low players. That video is already up on my channel and then my waiver wire targets as well. But thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.